It's quite amazing. Ask not what your voice can do for you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Haas Boys. My name's Parker. On my right, I've got Max. Hello. Wait. I, I am on your right. You are on my right. And on my left, I've got Mike. Yo. Welcome to the podcast. This is a big week, guys. Why? We finally are able to see the new Haas livery. And a small taste of the car. That's right. I have a confession to make with you guys. I have not seen the livery yet. I've been waiting until this moment. Mike and I saw it last weekend. Yes. And we've been dissecting each and every component that we can see. Okay. So this is perfect. I'm going to pull it up and you guys are going to run me through. But before we get into all of that, I've got a question for you guys. What is the best and worst livery from all of F1 history. Oh, wow. Oh, best. wow. There's Ooh. just a best that's okay, but if you've got a worst... I might just be a best because I don't know enough about F1 history to know all the liveries. Right, right. I mean, I, uh, it's like I barely kind of learned what the word livery was this year, which is a weird word. He thought it was a dish. <laughs> it does sound like... It's an ugly word. Cooked liver and maybe. for it to mean like cool branding of a race car it's kind of disgusting to me livery tune in next week we're going to go through the entire etymology of the word livery but we need to do it's some research a two-hour deep dive it's gonna be <laughs> dissected <laughs> like squids in fifth grade I was looking it up with my girlfriend because we were talking about the hostel livery over the weekend and she helped me trace it back. I think it's something to do with like a coat of arms and the livery was like a representation of like your banner or your family crest that kind of represented the stable. So like a livery, yeah. is, which we've now interpreted into livery probably. But yeah, yeah, a wonderful sense. British pronunciation. Yeah. Off the top of my head, besides Haas, I think Haas is great. It sticks out when it's flying past on the grid, and that's why I love Haas. Well, the other team that I love is AlphaTauri. I love that their oh, yeah. rims are white. Oh, yeah. I think it looks so good. And Wheels. it's just navy blue and Wheels. white. Their, their rims. No. They have wheels. Their spinner rims. No. <laughs> no. They have rims. spinner rims. That is so cool. <laughs> Gentlemen, oh they are wheels. I like that they have white wheels and I love the white and navy. I love the two tone effect. It's a gorgeous color scheme. It is. For the modern car. Holy yeah. cow. It is. Yeah. A, it is unbeatable really i love the swooping logo of the alphatari on the side I, I just think i like that one a lot and the bull it's a really cool use it of is that a bull. bull yeah yeah and i think that when you compare that to some older liveries and it's got some retro vibe to it totally some retro vibe i absolutely love it yeah mm. it's a really attractive car for sure so for me it would have to be team lotus okay which era 70s black and gold there you go yeah, yeah. okay the jps <laughs> Not the green. Not the Not green. The green. Okay. British Racing Green. And here's why I learned that I actually loved this before I even knew, is I found a John Player Team Lotus hat at a secondhand store when I was a teenager. And I loved it because it was like gold and black. And I wore it forever. And then I finally looked it up, you know, typed in John Player Team Lotus. And who, John Player, he was like... Uh, John Player's special was a cigarette tobacco company. John Player thought he was such a player. And he wasn't. He was always like, I didn't have Hello, so much darkness, my And people were like, you are not a player. It was this car, the John Player Special. So John Player Special is a cigarette brand. It's a tobacco company. That's a sponsor. Oh, gotcha. So it was called John Player Team Lotus because they were their primary sponsor. Correct. Anyways, I finally wore this hat for years and, and then looked it up. And I'll show you the picture that I saw at first. 
And this okay. was the, this was the first photo oh, yeah. that I saw, which is oh yeah, oh when you're balling that hard and this esprit, the Lotus Esprit is rad, so so rad. So this is when I knew that this color scheme that on this F1 team was really was one of the coolest scheme. ever. And really cool. Just to visually describe what we're seeing here, we've got a private jet in the John Player special livery with a gold Lotus Esprit parked in front of it. And we're talking the cream of the crop. 70s the swag out of his ears. The picture is in the show notes. A link. <laughs> yeah. So that's my favorite. Team Lotus, 70s era Team Lotus. The black is just real menacing and dark and cool. Oh, yeah. A dark livery is is very effective. And there's something to be said about Mercedes in that way. Mm -hmm. It's pretty mean. Yeah. A glossy, is deep amazing. black. I just love the class here with the gold. Look at that open cockpit. He's going to fly right out of there. That is that is one of the best. It is one of the best yeah. over the years. Gold rims. Yeah. <laughs> Those are sick. Did you just say the word rims <laughs> again? No, so my favorite livery of all time is something that a lot of people actually probably don't even really love because it's not affiliated with like world champion era type of stuff. Okay. But Williams was sponsored by both Camel and Canon at the same time. And being a photographer, for those of you listening that don't know this, I'm a camera nerd and I love photography as well as automotive. And so this one just really strikes a chord with me. It's got blue and yellow and white and red and it just has everything on it yeah yeah it's just a big billboard for sega <laughs> and camel and canon i'm like man i like all of those colors it's just a really appetizing cool looking f1 really car cool. early 90s just brands normal and rims though just normal rims <laughs> uh, the picture we're looking at is in the show notes there's a little sonic yeah he's like giving us the peace sign Oh, and you've got the Sega foot hitting oh. the gas. That's pretty cool. That is really creative. That you can see like cool. a cutaway of the body into Sonic's legs as the driver pushing the gas. That's rad. Yeah. And Mike, talk to us a little bit about this. We've got a huge scoop behind the driver's head. And oh, this yeah. car looks tiny. Yes, it was. This era of car compared to now is way smaller. Again, it's almost 2X. You got the big opening to cool the engine above the driver's head. It's been pretty standard through the years. Which then went to the barge boards. Right, but they still have that opening for okay. cooling at the above the driver's head. But it's also a protector. So it is a integrated part of the chassis to be reinforced, make sure that if they roll over, it doesn't crush. Right. Yeah, the FW15C in 1993. That is a great looking car. What color are those rims? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just black. <laughs> um, Mike, I, I can't think of a an awful livery off the top of my head. Yeah. I know there's one that I hate because Mike has taught me to hate it. Okay. Uh, what, what, what livery is ugly? Racing Point? I have a hard time. <laughs> is it Racing it's Point? For sure the Force India the pink? BWT was rough on me. I didn't mind the whole pink. I didn't either. I When they incorporated it into Aston Martin. Green and pink should never go together. No. And, and oh, it yeah. just kind of ruined the Aston Martin classiness. Yeah. Well, it was their intro year. It just seemed yeah. like they shouldn't have spoiled it. Mm -hmm. Bringing British racing green back, it seemed like it was just a fail. 
and mm. no no discussion about bad livery can go without the Ferrari Oof. green. Oof. The Rastafari eye. Yeah. <laughs> it was the ra- How do you say Rastafari? <laughs> bad. bad. It just combo. looked it looked like it wanted to be a Rastafari in livery. That green mission winnow was just not the way that that should have been represented and for everyone listening, I have good news. Oh, mission winnow is done. Whoa, what's the news? Ferrari will be partnering with Santander as their primary sponsor again. What is Santander? Great question. Is it just another marble thing? Is it no, a, it can't is be it a side project of Santana? Is it his electronic album? Yeah, and it's sick. He goes back in time to save music from the electronic realms. Is this Santander. Bill and Ted? or It's a movie music Featuring combo. Rob Thomas. That's interesting. Santander. <laughs> Rob Thomas. Carlos Santana couldn't get the rights to Santana. Carlos Santander. Is it a new band or is it Santander? <laughs> I believe it's an oil company. But every, a lot of Ferrari fans believe that Santander comes with a curse for Ferrari. Oh, and the lack right? of world championships. Oh. So then being back on the car gives some people hope and has crushed other people's dreams. When was Santander last on the car? I feel like it's a made-up word. Seb Vettel, Fernando Alonso. So those two drivers who did not win world titles and were primary driver of Ferrari for a very dominant period, neither of them won world championships. Mm. So it was recent. It was recent. So Kimi Raikkonen won the last Ferrari world mm-hmm. title. And I actually don't know. He he may have had Santander mm-hmm. on the car, but for the most part, the last two. Here's a question that we're going to circle back to after we talk about Haas livery, which is how do F1 juju beliefs compare to sports in general? We'll, we'll circle uh, yeah, back to that. That's good because I was just thinking the same thing. I was like, what other superstitions exist? Other brands? Yeah. Practices. Yeah. yeah. But most importantly, right now in this moment, it's time for the Haas reveal. Can you guys show me what we're working with this year? Yeah, go into google.com, okay. type in google.com, twitter, twitter.com, type in logins backslash okay. show me Haas livery. Login.net. And then send that me. username okay. to our Instagram okay. at Haas.boys. Okay. What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> then we will respond with a with a confirmation request. Okay, got it. And then use hashtag wheels, not rims. Okay, great. Password rims. And then we'll show you the livery. Okay, great. Hold or on, just, give me just two I, seconds. Yeah. Okay, it's all done. I've got it right here. Thanks for the directions. There right. she is. Wow, look at that thing. Mm-hmm. All right, so we've got a gorgeous looking car here. Rather than so much accent on the main, what would you call it? The main f- the nose? fuselage nose here. Got a mid nose between monocoque and front wing. That red, white, and blue has gone to the wing. Looking stunning. Yeah, it's a more of a sweeping color scheme of the red, white, and blue, which is great. I think there's more black this year, right? Am yeah. I getting, is that right? Cause it looks mean. It, yeah, I like the black accent more. It looks sick. Mm-hmm. It's uh, where I feel that the previous car was pretty friendly. Mm-hmm. 
And again, completely American, <laughs> not a Russian stroke on mm-hmm. it. This feels a little meaner. Yeah, and I think that something that was actually kind of felt a little bit of that Russian-esque was the consistency of the stroke of the stripes on the last car. So if you go along the side of the car, the blue and the red, and they even had like a little red line that separated a white stripe on the last car. And this one, they made the blue and the red a little inconsistent, gets a little fatter at some points they overlap a little bit i actually think that they did a good job of differentiating something that doesn't look like the russian flag but a color scheme that it looks a little bit more like here's brand colors as opposed to a flag right it's gorgeous it's i love it it still looks very similar yeah i like it it's new modern i mean it's haas they're scrappy we know they don't have a lot of money they don't have a lot of brands on their car it is very it's not muddying up the name haas which i like right Haas is very prominent. That wing is very pointy. It that is. front wing. And the nose is kind of, it is n- quite a bit narrower than the sample car. Mm. So we've got Haas, Earl Kali, and I think one that, other. That might be Pirelli. Oh, right. This brings me to my question for you guys. Yeah. What do you notice differently about the Haas than the 2022 sample car that F1 provided? I mean, I just keep looking at the back wing. Um, I think we've talked about it before. Yeah, there's that, like, it's just no DRS. It, yeah. It's shaped really It will, well. though. It's going to have DRS. I thought it they will. got rid of it. I, I've been hearing mixed reviews on this, but to my knowledge, I do believe that DRS will be a part of this season. So obviously that back wing looks quite different from the F1 model car. It seems the front of it is scooping a lot lower. How does this happen when Haas isn't a manufacturer of their own parts? How are they getting this brand new chassis, this everything? Where is this coming from? It's a company called Dallara, which is in Italy. We talked about this, right? We did, but Dallara makes all of uh, IndyCar. They make a lot of sports cars and prototypes for Le Mans in the World Endurance Championship, which is also regulated by the FIA. And so, again, part of the scrappy nature of Haas and how they've been developing and building cars, Dallara plays a really big part in how they've been able to get here. We have some, like, red on the rims. Oh, my yeah. God. 18-inch wheels. Uh, Those are cool rims. 18-inch wheels, Mike. (laughs) I didn't realize Formula One cars ran dubs and were designed by West Coast Customs. Dude, are those 24s? Mike, what's... They are not. So we have 18-inch wheels. That's the thing that's standing out, of course, that has been talked about. But I don't know a lot about 18-inch wheels. What's that going to do to the car and to racing? It's an interesting point. Uh, As they developed the 18-inch wheel for this season, a lot of what the teams were discussing was that the amount of sidewall that the last car had acted as an element of suspension for the driver. So it took a lot of vibration. Here's something else. I swear every time I learn, there's just like a weird thing you didn't know about the car. Right. That is just like down to just like the science and physics of what's happening anyway totally no i think the big difference between a low profile tire mm-hmm. versus a meteor tire is a lot of that chatter that gets put into the car and so in a lot of sports cars today i joke that you know back in the day dubs literally was a term for wheels that you would put on an escalade right yeah and funny enough a lot of like porsches have 20s now Mm, We've gone that big because brakes have been innovated and and Mm. so many things have changed in the the rotational mass of a wheel at that size. Some other things, right? But anyways, the load and the energy that's transferred from the ground and through the chassis on the thicker sidewall was something that they didn't really have to deal with for the driver's comfort, driver visibility Mm -hmm. as they're out there and they're punishing the car through a qualifying lap. So they've had to adjust how the suspension works. 
in the car wow. to take some of that energy away that the tire was responsible oh, for. Wow. That's brilliant. All right, guys, out of 10, what do we think? I'm going to give it a solid 9.5. I love it. <laughs> That's a great one. I love 9. 9.5. That's great. Parker, here's a question for you that yeah. we can look up. Um, what does Kevin Magnuson think of the livery? Okay, let's uh, let's go to his Instagram. Can you give me a quick run through of how to get that info? Go. <laughs> If you just go to Ask Jeeves and type in Facebook.org. Okay. And then submit my login name to your user account. Okay. Once in there, you can ping me a request to go to Instagram.com backslash Kevin Magnuson. Okay. Once I receive the request, I can send it forward to him and then he can accept you as a subscriber. <laughs> then <Okay>. then <laughs> MapQuest to Max's house. We just need a MapQuest that ping. He'll print it. <laughs> Yeah, do you have a printer? He does. I've seen it. It's if you a, just want to print out all of nice his um, Instagram feed, then... There it is. Hey! Okay, guys. It is a bit Herbie-esque. It is a little bit, but I feel like it's less Herbie-esque than last year. It is a tiny bit less. Now that I'm seeing that, I'm like, how did I not make that connection before? Immediately. It looks just <laughs> like that car, which Herbie is distinctly American. <laughs> But any car you have that's white with red, thin red and blue stripes, it's going to look Herbie-esque yeah. with a number. They went the extra mile with, <laughs> with, with like the numbers. Or this year. Last year, the way that uh, the Schumacher 47 sits on the car is in a circle. Yeah, mm, Very Herbie-esque. It's very Herbie-esque, which is 53. I'm like, we're not far off of that number. Anyways, yeah. the Herbie is strong. Yeah. And I appreciate Kevin. The right. Herbie is strong in this one. It this is. Car. He was a great car. Oh my gosh. He great could, car. He could think for himself. So if we yeah. had that spirit in the Haas. He'd be yeah. a 917 in a rally in Monaco. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen this movie? Of course I've seen it. Okay. Not when I knew what Monaco was, though. Or a 917, <laughs> which is a Porsche. Yeah, Herbie Haas, hashtag the spirit of Herbie. If we can get that spirit in this car. Yeah. We're out for points. We can get those points with the help of Herbie. And I'm so glad because Max just brought us to our theme for the year, which is hashtag the spirit of Herbie. We, we say a prayer to Herbie yeah. before yeah, yeah. each horse race. Yeah, and uh, check our merch store that totally as exists. As soon as we see and Lindsay Lohan see... in the paddock, I am losing my mind. <laughs> wow, I'm really feeling amped about this year now. <laughs> less Russian or it's, more Russian? It's less Russian. Could you imagine if you roll up at the paddock and this is the song <laughs> that's just coming out of the house, like garage? Wait, is that old enough that it's in the public domain and we can use that as our intro? It's close. <laughs> it's close. We can pull up to our own F1 race with blasting that, that. Blasting that. For Haas Boys section. Yeah. Come party with the Haas Boys and that'll be our party theme song. Yeah. And we'll all be rocking Herbie merch. Yeah. And we'll start our own <laughs> orange army. But we'll just be partying it up Herbie style. Haas Boys race plans to come. Stay tuned. <laughs> no idea what word you just said. We'll give you... Time and place, ETAs, ETAs, BYOBs, RSVPs for the Ds, dress codes <laughs> for these Haas themes. Boys. I think it's cool. I'm glad. Stoked about the new livery. Yeah. Stoked about the new season with new cars. It's going to be wild. Any? What about you, Mike? Any takeaways from the new car? The design. I think it's very interesting how simple so far. I feel like we know for sure Gunter has led on that the car has changed mm -hmm. since the car they've shown us. Mm -hmm. So this car that we're looking at, the, VF, the car that's in this, the, the show fast. notes, the very fast, 
has since changed since these pictures have been taken. Correct. He says it's a few iterations older. Which would make sense. Why would they be revealing their car now? Well, all the teams play some form of games this time this of year. This is my question. Sure. Why did Haas want to be the jump? Why did they like, because isn't this like what they do? One team announces, then they all just like go one day before. And then Haas is like, we'll just do it. We'll just, do it. <laughs> just pull the curtain off. Again, a lot of them, I think, are very tactical in how they want to reveal their car. Mm. What people do get to see and what they don't get to see. I remember last year more specifically and almost more abruptly than like, anything else that I had seen. AlphaTauri brought the previous year's car, liveried it up. I think it did adjust maybe the floor and some of the rules that had changed to it for the reveal. And then at the first race had a completely different nose and wing. The, the whole shape was completely mm. different. And I'm sure there Smart. was other adjustments that weren't so closely visible. But to my eye, that was the first thing I spotted. And I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't look like what I saw a few weeks ago. But this time of year, I feel like that's kind of critical because some of these teams have the ability to just move so fast. And you're like, wow, I saw that. That theory, that design theory, we need to, we, see, we should probably mm. mimic that. They can turn out parts quick, but not all the little teams can do that. So, so really what we're looking at here is paint. Some version of the new car with a paint scheme. Pretty clearly you can see that this DRS actuator sticking through the back, if I recall correctly. Right, and if you look at this picture that's the black with the tube lighting here, you can see that the rake of that wing is more aggressive than the other sample rendering that you had pulled up prior. So mm. it's a little bit steeper. Oh, true enough. Some of the end plate design looks a little bit different in interpretation to what they had on the sample 2022 car. The one last thing, though, that I noticed from the reveal is that if you show the, if we look at this picture one more time, something new this year is called ground effects arrow. Have you guys heard that term yet? I've heard the term. Okay. I've heard those terms separately. <laughs> I, I just know that from about planes and aviation. Right. So under the car for the previous years was the floor. And the floor was a big topic of conversation last year where the shape of the floor heavily dictated how the airflow went over the car and, and all the design things. And how much together. it was sucked to the ground. Right. And yeah. so Mercedes at the beginning of 2021 really struggled because the floor rule change was really at their disadvantage in how the design theory of their car was built. Which there is some discussion that it was was Christian Horner right. that pushed the entire change. Right. It was rumored that the whole rule change was to put Aston Martin and Mercedes at a disadvantage. Right. Which it did. slow them down. Which it very well did. It did. But yeah. they also made great adjustments over the year and they were able to catch up. Now with this year's rule differences compared to previous years is that that ground effects arrow is now under the car. It's allowing a completely different and innovative design than they haven't done since the 70s and 80s. That if you look at the reveal, we have zero reference to what Haas did. And I think that that was very tactical mm. that the room is black. There's some light tubes. <laughs> The car is white. There's almost no ability to see what's happening under the car in any of the angles they showed it. Got the front and the side profile, and we've got hardly any understanding of what's happening. Mm. And I'm sure that that's, they just flattened out the car and gave no indication of what rake they've chosen. Right, or any kind of extra fins or whatever. Most of yeah. the design theory, I think, will take place under the car this year. It's interesting. Uh, no kidding. And there's no chance that this is the rake that they're running. It could be, but at least with the way that that floor is designed, and this is an interesting part as well, the skid plates and some of that stuff is going to still exist. So you can't put like a very 
sensitive part of the car where it's going to be under full load and scraping. But I'm interested to see how that shakes out. It's going to be super different than we've seen in the last 10 years. It's interesting to look at these new pictures and to recognize that there are so many aspects of F1 that we're largely blind to. That mm. we pretty much as fans, and by the way, looking at all of this is getting me very excited about the new season. In the middle of the season or, you know, now while we're just kind of getting bits and pieces from the teams, we really are not seeing all the behind the scenes stuff that goes on. And it's these organizations are enormous and there's tremendous secrecy mm. that threads through all of F1. It's like mm. one of the most secretive sports on earth, which I think is so interesting because it's so indicative of how much technology they're developing every season and how bleeding edge competitive it is. But my heavens, they've got to be secretive. Yeah, that's another thing that I think draws me to the sport, or at least there's there's things I'm constantly learning that keep me so happy that I'm an F1 fan, and that whole secrecy vibe between F1 teams. It's like, yeah. oh, everyone is playing mind games with each other, trying to get advantage over each other yeah. and steal ideas. But then, yeah, they're trying to get away with so much. Yeah, It's almost encouraged, I feel like. Yeah. Oh, the game playing is massive. But Max sent me a really funny, I, and again, I, I can't verify our sources here, but the rumor mill in the paddock seems to be one of my favorite things that exists. But Max sent to me earlier today an article that said, why don't you tell me what the, what the headline Christian was? Christian Horner had wanted a charity auction a Mercedes tour. Right? <laughs> yeah. And so he's going to go tour the Mercedes factory off of an auction he won. It was amazing. To buy tickets for charity. I, I <laughs> want it to be true more than anything in this world. I have no idea if it is or not, but I'm like, the reality is, is for a dude like Christian, what would that actually be worth? Mm-hmm. How much money could you save as an organization if you auctioned off and purchased for, say, even a million dollars? You know, I'm going to come tour your factory. Mm-hmm. But now the hundreds of millions that we've poured into development for this car, you know, my $1 million went further. Right. (laughs) I know what the other team's doing. Right. From F1i.com, we have Mercedes generously offered the auction a factory to auction a factory tour. And lo and behold, the top bid stands at four thousand pounds not much not a lot submitted by the, this weekend by chris rian horner whether the name includes a typo <laughs> or is not so subtle attempt by horner to cover his tracks only time will tell i think that that adds validity if they misspell christian horner on the website i think that makes the article more legit well no no, no. this is saying that the person who submitted was named themselves chris rian horner Oh, yeah, that's even better. Yeah. So whoever that guy is, is actually very funny. Yeah, yeah. Mike, how has how have these secrets evolved over time? Because obviously F1 has been at the pinnacle of motorsport development since its inception decades ago. And I'm sure from the very beginning that they were doing, it was like, turn this screw one more time or whatever it is. And they're trying to keep all their secrets away from one another. (laughs) Yeah. And like very like first season, like when it started forties, fifties, was it just like, dude, Use rubber tires. Right. <laughs> no, more wood. no more of those pesky wood tires. <laughs> this wasn't skateboarding. Come on, guys. No, you weren't but, there. <laughs> it could have been. You're right. You're right. No, I think that the last time that uh, there was something as buzzworthy as DAS... Which do you guys remember DAS? Of course. DAS. Digital Alpha System. Yeah, <laughs> Digital Alpha System. Oh, yeah, not that one. Uh, DAS. DAS was the Mercedes 
toe adjustment. Oh, okay, yeah. With pulling the, and pushing the steering wheel. So innovative. So crazy, right? And when we all saw it, I remember my favorite interview was with Daniel Ricardo. Um, they asked him, they said, what did you? What do you think of DAS? And he goes, it kind of pisses me off that the team that's doing the best is the one who's being the most innovative and the teams that are struggling to keep up with them aren't the ones that thought of it. Mm. And I thought that was such an interesting answer. He's like, that sh- this should be us. It, it shouldn't should have been be them. the other way around. It's scrappy teams like Haas or Red Bull, who's trying to do everything to take down Mercedes, should be taking more risks, trying weird stuff and yeah. being innovative. Right. That Not should spawn it. Not just keeping up. You don't want to be disqualified for being super innovative, so you got to be really tactical of how you engineer a marvel like that. Yeah. But in 2008 and 2009 era, when Braun GP took over Honda, this was the last time before DAS that we had something that was immediately controversial. And it was because the Braun GP car showed up in the brand new rules and it had the double diffuser. And if you look up oh, double diffuser on Google, you will hear all about it. Mm. But they were like a so full was it second just the faster. Single one above the head of the guy was that the diffuser we were talking no, about? No, so it's it's under the car. It's oh, so the diffuser sits low. Let's wow. cut that. <laughs> no, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, so the double diffuser it sits at the bottom, and they were able to kind of what they called a blown diffuser, which meant that the exhaust actually played into the aerodynamics by the air that exited the car was also affecting how much grip it had. Wow. So when you accelerate it, the air produced and the pressure would actually help. So you could accelerate through corners. Wow. wow. It's a very interesting idea. And if it was pushing exhaust gases out the bottom quicker, it was pulling the car to the ground. Right. So, so much grip. Although if the air was hotter, that might have negated it. But that's pretty crazy. That's cool. What's the history there? Is that something that came out mid-season? Nope. So in in the transition between eras of aerodynamic rules, this was a brand new car. And everyone showed up with their best guess. And this is actually a very interesting Cinderella story. And sometime we'll have to dive a little deeper into this. But Honda pulled out because of the financial crisis. Ross Braun, who was team principal at Ferrari and had kind of an iconic past, bought the team from Honda to keep it from going under. They showed up at the first race of the year. Zero sponsors on the car is completely white, but they had been pouring millions into development to this brand new car. Sure. And they innovated this idea. And they start the year off, it's exactly what happened with Mercedes. Everyone's launching protests. That's not legal. We read the rules. There's no way you could throw a double diffuser on there. There's no way we're that dumb and we didn't think of it. Right. They were that dumb. <laughs> and how did the FIA rule? The FIA ruled that they just didn't see that part of the rules correctly and that Braun GP had a leg up. Oh. That's amazing. And I love that. And and again, as an engineer, that's something that's so interesting to me is watching these teams do wacko stuff and just being insanely innovative. So fun. Did Braun win that year? They did, but it was a super scrap to the finish because Braun went into the season with no finances. Who was driving? Um, Jensen Button and Rubens Barrichello. So and Jensen won. Jensen that's won the championship. That's when he won his championship. Correct. So Crazy. really cool, really cool stuff, but a lot of meat to that story. But yeah. that's part of what I think we can expect this year is someone's coming out of the gate swinging. Because we have these new car regulations, these new packet. I don't know what you call it. Yeah, just a new and, rule. And so someone could just be coming out with the weirdest thing and people are going to lose their minds because they didn't think of it and they're jealous. And it could be totally ugly, which is yeah. another thing that's really funny about F1 is that it's like, yeah. it's not always attractive. Yeah. Well, what was the one where they had an extra set of wheels? 
Oh yeah, it was a huge advantage, right? The um, the Tyrrell is what it was. With it the had elf, six wheels, it was blue. It had yeah. the elf sponsorship on it. It had six wheels. What? And it was crazy good. It was great. It had huge grip. Wait, what are you talking about? Yeah, there was a six-wheel F1 car in the 70s. <laughs> they don't allow it because it was really good, right? It was, yeah, they had to outlaw <laughs> it. But this is part of F1. Yeah. Wow. So you said the 70s? The 70s. So yeah. at some point in the 70s, having four wheels was not part of the rules. No, so they had six. <laughs> oh, that I love. And then, uh, and then in the 80s... <laughs> They had there eight. Was, there was a guy, there was a team, they started crushing it when they did a tandem driver setup. Just like double luge, just spooning each other. <laughs> and why did they kill so good? Why did they, why did, were they so good? Was it the energy of brotherhood? <laughs> Can we say energy of brotherhood? Was it the extra masculine energy in the cockpit? They're like, we have four drivers this year. We're a bit underweight on the car, so we needed to add an individual. Right, and to keep weight down, they're all 11. It's Red Bull's and, new uh, It's so Red That's Bulls why there's only one driver now. If yeah, you're open rule. to it, next episode, we'd love to do a deep dive. No deep dive. They made a rule you can only have one driver now. Oh, and it's like, Michael Massey, come on, <laughs> one driver. Of all the rules. Switching gears a little bit, what are some of the benchmarks that we might be looking for in the first couple races of this season that will give us some indication of what kind of season we're about to have with Haas? Well, I think testing is always our first point of reference for the year. Sometimes you think people are sandbagging, but I don't think it's that simple because it's easy to call it a sandbag and then that they're just really not that fast. Right. So for the most part, I feel like we do get a glimpse into what we're going to expect. And the the testing that's just around the corner, we're actually getting pretty close. Haas has pretty much been developing this car for over a year now, right? Oh, longer. Yeah, they, they pretty much took this year off. And they're like, every race will just be Schumacher and Mazepin practicing. And so that means like they have actually been like building this car for a while. So could is it safe to, safe to assume that straight out uh, the gates like testing or a first qualifying we're going to see a really, really strong version of this car. I think that's what's interesting about that too, is that my expectation, and Gunter has even said this in interviews, is that Haas will likely remain a mid-pack fighter to start. Mm. A lot of these teams still were developing or at least beginning the idea behind this car two years ago. Yeah, And it's because this was supposed to be a 2021 regulation. Mm. But like because, of, because of COVID, they pivoted, gave the car one more season of the previous rules, and right. then they made small adjustments to their cars. McLaren making the largest because they had to fit the Mercedes engine in, right? Mm-hmm. Now that they're here, are they going to be Mercedes level? The only reason I say no is because the cost cap didn't start until 2021. Right. And so these teams were developing the car before the cost cap and probably started to pour a lot into it before the rules were fully buttoned uh-huh. up but whatever the rules ended up being there's just been small pivoting i think but i'm interested to see you know hopefully we've got a really equal playing field i mean ultimately that's the goal but i think it could be like two or three seasons before we see it really pay off it'd be great to see mazapan and schumacher like in q2 and q3 i think it's possible yeah i do think that's possible and i think i think that they develop these cars to their driving style yeah and that's huge 
these cars were developed for Romain Grosjean mm. and Kevin Magnussen, and they didn't touch them. So both of them came in oh, brand new rookies into a car that they didn't design. No, so it's an interesting way to vet your rookies is to have no expectations, put them in the car, and let them practice for a year. Yeah, I'm sure, and I think I listened to the Nikita Mazepin um, interview on Beyond the Grid. And they just talk about like setting their own little goals every week to make sure they're they're progressing and getting better. But yeah, it was like they were separate from everyone else on the grid this year. Yeah. And it's no secret that we're Haas optimists mm-hmm. here in this family. Mm-hmm. Optimists. Right. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> and that seems like an amazing restart. Mm-hmm. They threw away an entire season. Mm-hmm into development of drivers and into development of their cars. Mm -hmm. And at least to me, that seems like fertile soil for a healthy resurgence, at least up into the midfield. Mm. Franz Tost at AlphaTauri said that in the new era of Formula One, where they're separated by such a small margin, because there's tenths that separate first to 20th these days, that he, although historically has done this, will never have a team with two rookies ever again. Because mm. he said that it is too high of a risk that they will not be competitive. So would you consider Schumacher and Mazepin rookies still? That's an interesting question. I mean, I know, but I think everyone kind of starts with a clean slate this year. So they got a year under their belt in the sport for understanding the way the car is, how fast it is, because it is dramatically different from an F2. But I think that everyone's starting new. Everyone's driving style is going to have to adapt. Very interesting. I'm, as an eternal optimist, I I do harbor the uh, hope that maybe we'd see some poor performance from some of these crazy performers, that this is such a big move, that the dynamics do change so much, that the physics do change so much, that maybe we do see, you know, the Hamiltons and the Verstappens and whoever else is up in the front of the field falter a bit and kind of give a chance to not give a chance because it's not about being bare particularly, but maybe see that some of these drivers that have been in the rear for a decade are just more suited to this new rule change. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Reliability is something that will be interesting to see where this car has now changed the part of the chassis where the engine and the transmission are. So that means the layout and how they've been doing things over the last couple of years is also changing. So there is margin for error for everyone as they've had to adjust how that is. Uh, engines can overheat. Things can go boom. Yeah. So there's there, there's no guarantees. I, I love that. Yeah. This is part of the reason why this season's so exciting. Yeah. This is going to be an amazing season. Very optimistic. Very excited. Very optimistic. Hops to... I feel I'll like it, we got to drop the P. Drop the P. It's hostimistic. We'll, we'll workshop it. Goonster the mystic. Closing out, let's move on to listener questions. Max? Yeah, we have a question that got sent to us by one of our listeners. His name is Tyler from Salt Lake City. Amazing. Thanks so much for sending in your questions. We did ask for those in the last couple episodes. We're so happy to see these rolling in. And if you want to send in your questions, you can message us on Instagram. Follow us at host.boys. Or you can email us, dosshaasboys at gmail.com. Or hire a plane and ride it in the sky. Mm -hmm. We'll keep our eyes out. We do have somebody that's hired (laughs) full-time that's sitting on most mountains and can watch the sky. (laughs) He's mostly looking for smoke signals. Yes. We are not paying him a lot. (laughs) Quick, quick Phoebe reference. Yeah, yeah. So his question was, 
Why does Nikita Mazepin have the Moscow University logo on his jersey and Mick Schumacher doesn't? Amazing question. Thanks so much for the question, Tyler. Yeah, and honestly, I hadn't noticed that until he brought it up. And I went and looked up pictures, and sure enough, Nikita has the big old crest and seal of Moscow State University, but Schumacher doesn't. Or is it Ukraine or is it Russia? Moscow State University, 1755? 1755. Okay. Yeah. It's a cool-looking crest. I think it looks rad, honestly. It's a cool thing to put in the center of your jacket. What do you call that onesie? Yeah, well, Mike, is this often a case with drivers that we'll see something on one jersey and not on another? Yeah, Fernando Alonso is a great example of someone who has a brand on him that no one else wears. When you see Esteban Ocon, teammate, Alpine, completely different hat, and Fernando Alonso has the Kimoa brand on his hat because that's his eyewear company. Uh With uh, Nikita Mazepin, uh, his relationship must run deep enough there. And where he is, you know, no secrets there. He's uh, bringing finances to the team. Mm -hmm. I think that there's some give and take in his contract for him to have unique branding on his gear and a logo that isn't on mix. That's kind of something we saw in the newest season, the most recent season of Drive to Survive, when um, Vettel is joking about Leclerc. And like whatever Ferrari rules and it's in their contract and he can't have his own like clothing line. Yeah. Ferrari's probably really strict. They're obsessed with like their image yeah. for sure. And fashion and Italian, you know. Mm-hmm. They love dressing up their mechanics and making them dance. Yeah. Well, we we love when they do that. I think it's in Leclerc's contract. He has to dress up and dance. Right. What was it that Jay Leno said about buying a Ferrari? It's awful yeah the, they just don't yeah so max and i went to monza to watch monza this last year yes it was the race that ricardo won and did the shoey and the race where verstappen hamilton got in verstappen's way yeah where hamilton <laughs> got in verstappen's way and verstappen tried to go over and then they <laughs> ended up getting stuck couldn't find any other way around yeah yeah you couldn't find any other way around but thereafter uh you went to a ferrari factory tour yeah can you tell us what they said about what you want to do if you want to get a unique looking oh, Ferrari? Oh yeah, because we were talking about how some owners like Dead Mouse had customized their Ferraris, and Ferrari sends them cease and desist letters because yeah. they don't want their image ruined. And what was the tagline that he told you? Yeah, the tour owner was like, "Yeah, here in Italy we say that if you want a purple Ferrari, you buy Lamborghini." Because it's just, they're obsessed with it. And so going back to like these driver sponsors, some don't get that in their contract. Some people do. I guess it depends on the team, how much money they need. Haas probably is welcoming every opportunity to get more funding. But Ferrari probably doesn't need that. Well, surprisingly enough, even so, where Red Bull isn't at a shortage of financing, Sergio Perez still has Telcel, which is the company that endorsed him all through karting and brought him up to F1. So it's still embroidered on the bill of his hat. It's still mm. s- stickered on the car, but it's not something you see really on Verstappen. Oh, and we kind of mentioned it with who was it that just went to Alpine and took with him the... Otmar. Yeah, and what was his kind of relationship partner that he brought with him there? BWT. 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 Pink. Hey, so yeah, I guess it's a thing that runs constant throughout F1. Those relationships run deep. That's a good question. Yeah, and just as a little bit of history, it's the school that he attended. And apparently, as of September of last year, is still attending that school. Oh, very cool. Was where he, it was the school he was attending during F2 and uh, is the reason why he wears it on his fire suit. I think that would be great if you were a student and you knew there was an F1 driver who was also enrolled in school with you that 
Totally. That'd be cool. That'd be pretty rad. Most of the students that went to school with me also worked at Taco Bell. <laughs> and they wore their little caps, their visors. Uh, yeah, you know? And, <laughs> and I you was were like, like Art Institute, cool. look at you. Oh, my gosh. Uh, you're really living the dream, pal. Yeah. <laughs> Mexican pizza, stat. Tyler, thank you so much for the question. Ladies and gentlemen, please continue to send in your questions. Follow us on Instagram, message us there, or email us at doshossboys at gmail.com. Or pay for a Skyrider. We know you have the money. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes episode three of Haas Boys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time. That's one small podcast. For man. I think it's in Leclerc's contract. He has to dress up and dance.